Hello, everybody, and greetings from Sofia. I'm at the hills, just at the hills of uh, the Balkans. It's kind of an interesting period right now. I actually spend uh, a few days not too far from here in a place called Plovdiv, which is apparently, I didn't know that, the oldest city in Europe. It actually started about 6000 BCE. I just sent you an email all about that, so I hope I don't repeat myself too much. But it's an honor to go to places that are so ancient and accumulated so much wisdom and to try to bring something new. And what I love doing in uh, Bulgaria a lot of time is test, a test drive, I could say, test new classes, new workshops, because the people here I find are very open, very educated, very spiritual in many ways. And it always happens that I come first to Sofia and then I uh, roam around uh, Europe or in some parts of Asia. So again, for all of you guys from Sofia or from Bulgaria, thank you very much for the opportunities. And of course, for my grandmother who was born in Varna, Bulgaria, and my father who was born in Varna, Bulgaria, I thank them for my genes and for my connection to this wonderful land. And if you haven't been here, highly recommended. Uh, I tried to sneak in this rose uh, as much as I could so it can be a part of our discussion not because not only because Aries is uh, ruled by roses or roses are associated with Aries but also because uh, Bulgaria is very famous for the roses that it grows in the valley of the roses and there is something very powerful about roses if you know we have in the east the lotus that represents compassion represents the heart and in the west we have the rose doing the same function and I think it is a wonderful plant that is related to water, of course. You need to have a lot of water to grow it. It smells, you touch it, and sometimes it's uh, prickly. And of course, it creates a little um, a connection to Mars because of the thorns and because you can bleed by holding it. And it's dangerous beauty. There is something about that. Dangerous beauty is, of course, passion. You know, we're attracted to dangerously beautiful things. So... And of course, the smell is intoxicating. So A, it's kind of late here for me right now. And I'm smelling these really intense flowers. It's kind of rare these days to go to a flower shop and get flowers that smell and we're not sprayed, you know. So the fact that I'm so close to them might mean that if I stop talking, uh, probably I was uh, taken back by the roses or have um, intoxicated me. But I'll try to do my best to keep up. Uh, with the smell of the roses. Anyway, this week uh, I just spend a little bit of time writing for you this uh, newsletter, so hopefully you get it from now. Not the easiest one to write because, as you notice, and as we talked about it last week, uh, remember we said that we are going through a period of the new moon in Cancer, with the moon loves to be in Cancer. She's very enthusiastic. She was very happy after a year of walking through all of those signs. Sorry, a month. No, no, actually a year of walking through all the signs that she should be a new moon in her own sign. It's like opening her own home. It's like when I'm traveling and after I wait weeks and weeks and weeks to get back home and uh, bring down the, open the, the suitcase and get everything back online. Same thing with the cancer, the moon in cancer. She waited a whole year to be in cancer. But the general celestial party pooper, the black moon, Lilith, the mother of demons, uh, the aspect in our, in our chart that presents being misunderstood, uh, darkness, uh, confusion, slander, uh, lies a lot of times. Uh, I, always I think that she represents the dark side of femininity. I think she represents also uh, the the god the godmother or the fairy godmother that was not invited for the uh, naming ceremony for a reason because she always says bad things and of course because she wasn't invited she's even more pissed and that's what happened to us june end of last week of june and the first few days of july where the black moon was in conjunction with the new moon in cancer and of course the black moon in cancer is just as powerful as the bright moon in cancer so it is her sign in a sense so what happened is with the a black moon sits on top of the light moon and out of the sun. It creates a lot of uh, situations that could be definitely unfortunate, literally inauspicious and unfortunate. Because it happened on the new moon, it's processes that are going to take a long time to unfold. 
because that's the nature of new moon. Whatever you start in new moon takes a long time to manifest, but it has the ability to manifest. And it usually starts a new journey for everybody involved. And of course, and we'll talk about it in a second, um, that same time Jupiter was causing a square. Jupiter, as you know, is the sign of, is the, is the ruler of justice and morality. And when it squares, it creates a unintended action or bad action, you can say. And of course, we mentioned it in the context of the a very unfortunate few a blockbuster, they call it, uh, decisions of the Supreme Court. So what I've looked at it, at all of these decisions that were, um, that were happening in the, in the Supreme Court, and they always keep for June, uh, beginning of July, the most important uh, resolutions or, or, or judgments because they go to their summer vacation, basically. So it's always falling there so we can escape after we've done all of that and um, go some kind of safe place. And anyway, the, all of that was done in the new moon in Cancer. And don't forget that, of course, United States, tomorrow is the birthday of United States, supposed to be the leader of the free world, is a Cancer. So you'll see that a lot of these uh, decisions have to do with energy of Cancer, which is all about home, family, the womb, land, mothering, property. Um, cancer means immovable object in a sense. So right at that time, there are a few decisions of the Supreme Court. We talked about women's right or the lack of um, last week and how tragic it is. The separation of state and religion, which is basically the basis of uh, United States Constitution, was completely violated, including Native American rights for their lands and what they can prosecute or not, or what the state, how much power the state has to prosecute uh, uh, crimes that are taking place in reservation. Now, remember, I have a feeling that one of the, or maybe some of the conservative Supreme Courts actually are part of our group. They're probably listening to me because last week I suggested, half as a joke, that Native American land should be used to create um, places for women, safe places for women to get their sweat lodge, to get their abortion if they need, to get medicine that Native Americans are very famous for. And I guess some of you guys snitched on me and they went ahead and decided, no, 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 Native American land should be restricted, you know, just in case those crimes will be involving um, abortions. But it also, I mean, the most important and most devastating probably a rule that the Supreme Court or the new uh, decision of the Supreme Court relates to the environmental agency. And that is their inability now to regulate emission from power plants. And it's kind of pathetic. Sorry if I'm offending anybody, but if you are offended, uh, then we have to look into it. The idea is that the uh, protection agency is supposed to protect the environment now it can't really protect it's almost like the supreme court coming to the army and saying you are not allowed to shoot any uh, missiles or any guns you know what actually you shouldn't have any soldiers you can just have bureaucrats managing the soldiers that do not exist so now the uh, environmental agency probably have a lot of agents but they can't do nothing definitely not protect the clean air it's interesting because, again, this is related to Mother Nature, to our home, to our environment. And the thing that people don't get sometimes in uh, the U.S., unfortunately, is that even though there's only 332 million people that are living in the United States, uh, that lack of regulation is going to affect the whole world because, obviously, the biggest emitter of uh, CO2 is United States. So basically, these six guys in the Supreme Court totally unqualified to decide anything about environment, uh, basically have now started a process that can be very devastating to how much clean air there is not only in the United States, but all over the world. So even when I'm traveling here, uh, people are saying to me, you guys, what are you doing basically? You know, everybody in the world, they are moving forward. And the United States, like I said before, is making some steps in the last few weeks to resemble more uh, the Taliban, like we said. Anyway, that's unfortunate. I don't want to spend too much time with that. What I do want to talk about is that in the end of July, we have something pretty interesting happening. That's the big aspect that's happening for us in July. That aspect is the North Node conjuncting Uranus. This happens, I mean, the conjunction of North Node with Uranus happens every 15 years. Not a big deal. The cycle of uh, the North Node 
on top of Uranus. Every 15 years they come together. North Node is all about what we're supposed to learn, what we're supposed to download uh, from the universe, a, a new subject that we're supposed to master in a sense. So that happens every 15 years that Uranus awakening something that we need to learn. And then the cycle lasts about 15 years. So you can go back 15 years ago and try to see what was going on for you um, in the beginning of the 200s, 2000s, so that you can see approximately what was going on. Maybe it was 2007 or so, uh, 2007, 2008. Maybe you started a cycle of learning. For example, I published my book Cosmic Navigator at that time. So maybe that cycle is ending for me and a new cycle is now starting. So go back to 2007, 2008 and see what you started. Maybe you started learning a, a language. Maybe you made a big move. So something was downloaded to you at that time. Now, something new is happening at the end of July. But because this is such a powerful aspect that is, again, very rare, you might be already starting to experience that. You might already started hitting that download planet, uh, that download um, uh, button, and it takes time for the download uh, to come. And in July 31st, it's supposed to be here. Now, that happens every 15 years that the North Node steps on top of Uranus and Uranus travels around the world, around the zodiac and it changes signs. If you look at when was the last time that the North Node, what we need to learn, has been on top of Uranus, the Awakener in Taurus, which is Mother Nature. It's uh, related to art, design, colors, self-worth, everything that has to do with your talents, your values, which is so much in the limelight right now. Values in general and what the values of the country is, what the value of um, our family and so forth. That happened only, uh, last time it happened was 1855. Uh, also at 1687, at 1520, at 1352, at 1185, and at 1017. I'm not talking about times, I'm talking about years. So those are the times you see on the slide here. I'll, again, 1855 was the last time. Funny enough, 1855 was the Crimean Wars. So it's kind of interesting that it's coming back, especially the end of July. Could be something significant in relation to even the war in Ukraine, because again, it's a certain kind of a cycle. You can go back historically, 1687, maybe you're a history buff, you can discover what things were discovered at that time. Because Uranus on top of um, a, the North Node, especially in relation to Taurus, could be very practical and pragmatic scientific breakthroughs. It could also be some kind of revolutions that have to do with art. But in a personal level, it's you changing your affiliation, maybe changing some of your communities and the groups that you're dealing with. And it is happening 18 degrees Taurus. So maybe you can check in your chart if you have anything significant happening in 18 degrees Taurus. That will also be activated. Of course, if you're a Taurus born in the middle of Taurus, uh, that will also be very, very important. But as I was doing a lot of charts now, uh, today even I was thinking about it, that, that maybe because we have that as such a rare thing, uh, like last time, like we said, 1855, we're talking about pretty long time, 170 years or so, Maybe it is a clue about a past life. So if you know where you have 18 degrees Taurus in your chart and look at the house where you have that, that house could relate maybe to something that you have done in a past lifetime. Maybe it is a talent that you're downloading from a past lifetime, a new source of income or a skill or an ability. So really be open to it. Again, maybe you lived in 1855 in a certain place on the planet and something happened very specifically according to the house where you have 18 degrees Taurus. And the Sabian symbol I checked for the 18 degrees Taurus is a new continent rises out of the ocean. I can think of only something like Atlantis or a, uh, I hope it's not an earthquake that brings up some kind of uh, mountain, you know, above like Hawaii happened and a lot of the islands happened like that. But anyway, the symbol of that specific degree where the conjunction that is very rare will take place and it's in Taurus, which is kind of interesting because it's land. Uh, it's a new continent. It's not even a, a little island. It's a continent rising out of the ocean. And again, these Sabian symbols are symbolic suggestions in a sense or a presentation of some archetypes and we're talking about 
something new emerging, a new place where you can live, a new place where you can work. Uh, maybe in your personal life it has to do with some clarity coming out of the confusion of the ocean or something, you know how they talk about the iceberg, the tip of the iceberg is the consciousness and the rest is the unconscious or the subconscious. Maybe if it's all rising, it's rising into our consciousness. Something is coming into our life that makes us aware, especially because we're talking about that degree being occupied by the North Node, which is, again, knowledge that you're bringing down or what you need to learn, and Uranus, which is technology, innovation, community, friendships, uh, everything that has to do with the connection to um, a sense of camaraderie, in a sense. So that's the North Node, July 31st, super important. Uh, look forward to it. I think there will be some scientific discoveries happening at that time, Maybe something that might not be exposed at that time, but later on when it's researched, when the actual um, seed of that scientific breakthrough, whether it's connected to artificial intelligence, whether it's connected to quantum mechanic, will be end of July of 2022. The other thing I wanted to share with you, and that's what I promised we're going to do today, is the chart of United States. Uh, that's the birthday of... United States. So let me pull up the chart of U.S. We're talking about July 4th, 1776, 5, 10 p.m. And it was, of course, taking place in Philadelphia. The interesting thing about the chart of United States that didn't happen, for example, in the chart of Israel, is that somebody who knew astrology very well happened to be also a genius, happened to also be an inventor. Uh, somebody that realized that you can actually harness the uh, electrical energies of lightning. We're talking about Jem Benjamin Franklin, of course. Somebody that was very open to international um, exploration. Don't forget that he also was the ambassador in France. So he was a very, very unique person. I wish we had leaders like that around the world. I was just talking to somebody today in Bulgaria that is in politics. And it, we just try to look at all the main leaders that are now running around the world trying to run it. And it's, um, it's terrible. It's not even that they can't run. They can't walk. It's not even they can't walk. They can't even sit above there or get out of their seat. It's, it's really sad. But around that time, we had actually pretty good leaders, especially in the United States. That's why the Constitution is so important for people. But remember, we talked about it. It, is, it was written by a bunch of white guys that owned slaves and thought that women are inferior. So taking them, I mean, that paper as if it is the Bible and even taking the Bible as if it's a Bible is not the wisest thing or the most evolved thing to do. I mean, evolution by default is about getting out of the copy-paste into every once in a while a leap that a mutation can give us. But anyway, we know that the chart was constructed by someone. When I'm saying the chart was constructed, it's not like he sat there, uh, you know, with a little circle and started thinking, oh, why don't we do... But in a way, he did. Because he knew that he has a certain frame of time that he could declare the independence from the most powerful empire the world has known for many, 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 many centuries. I'm talking about the, the, the British Empire. And he knew that he needed to have as much strength as possible in the chart to be able to overcome their influence. So he sat down and figured out what will be or when will be the best time to actually come up with a declaration of independence to make sure that that's the time that United States is born. So I don't think he had the, the ability to decide if it's going to be Cancer or Leo. He probably had knew that it would have to be a, a Cancer, but he had, of course, the capacity to decide where the moon will be. We know that because the moon, as you can see in the chart of United States, is 27 degrees um, 27 degrees Aquarius, so he could have done moon in Pisces if he wanted. He could have done the moon a little bit earlier. And of course, the rising sign, which will allocate all the planets in specific houses that probably were necessary for United States to declare its independence and be able to sustain that independence, even in the light of a lot of resistance from the most powerful empire at that time. So first of all, uh, the good news. Uh, the good news is Sagittarius rising is a great uh, rising sign for a country, especially a country that wants to be involved in world affairs. Because Sagittarius rising, if you have Sagittarius rising, you know that you are by natural somebody who is an explorer. Uh, I called Sagittarius the sign of Indiana Jones. So there's definitely an Indiana Jones quality 
to United States. The Sun in Cancer, Jupiter in Cancer, Mer Venus in Cancer, Mercury in Cancer, the Wheel of Fortune in Cancer is all very, very uh, strong influence of home, family. Uh, no wonder a lot of the presidents of the United States were Cancers. And also the whole idea of the home, the land, the property, get off my property. You know, that whole idea of uh, um, protecting the property that's very much about cancer. And cancer also has a very strong sense of the need for security. And that is no wonder one of the reasons why United States has such a strong affinity to its army, not only for conquest, it's also the idea of protection. It's the, sharp, it's the very uh, thick, sharp, uh, you can say, shell that United States have. And Jupiter, of course, is exalted. That's really good. Any planet that is sitting in the best place possible gives a lot of power to the country, to the company, to, uh, or to the person that has that uh, planet. So Jupiter in Cancer is considered to be the best place for Jupiter to be, especially if what we're talking about is a country that is a Cancer. And also, it's interesting that even in the song of the United States, you have that from sea to shining sea. Again, cancer is the sign of water. So no wonder uh, in the vision of the country there was from the Atlantic to the Pacific, you know, that covering basically getting in touch with both of the biggest oceans we have. Now, I don't think he had a lot of capacity to decide um, when in days because Mercury is retrograde in United States chart. And I'm sure that he would not have wanted it for a country because it causes a lot of confusion, including the confusion of what the founding fathers wanted. That, I think, is the biggest issue that Supreme Courts had in uh, the history of the United States. Because when you have Mercury, which is basically communication, documents, everything has to do with the written word. In Cancer, Already, the document is wet. I can't really read what, what, what is writing here. Man, I don't think it's like that. No, no, I think it's like that. But on top of everything, it's very emotional. So that's why maybe the Constitution is so emotional for people. But it's very confusing. And that's why you have these, all of these people, especially in the far right, that think they protect uh, the uh, document. They think they protect what the fathers, founding fathers wanted to say, but they go completely against it, especially in the last few ruling, uh, which is ignoring that wall of separation that was supposed to be very strong between church and state. So obviously, Mercury retrograde, opposite to Pluto, Definitely not the easiest in order to interpret the meaning of the Constitution and even the essence of the Constitution. Because if you look at the chart very clearly, you can see that Mercury is opposite to Pluto. And as you know, we have been going in 2022. Right now, first time in 250 years since the country was born, we're going through what is called the Pluto return. So what's happening now specifically is that Pluto returned to the place it was when the founding fathers were signing the document of independence and giving birth to the country in a sense. So Pluto return is very slow. It takes a long time. So it's been going on for the last few years. It's still going to take a little bit more longer for this opposition, this, this return to happen. And therefore, the opposition to Mercury, which again is the written word, uh, and including the Constitution, including the laws. That's why they had to make so many amendments, because that's very Mercury retrograde. Oops, we forgot to give... Uh, um, the slaves' uh, freedom. Oh, I wish we could remember that. Okay, Mercury retrograde. Let's fix it. Uh, 2019. Oops, oh, we forgot to give women uh, the right, right? Uh, you know, this is Mercury retrograde. You know, forgot. It's, it's very forgetful. So that could be part of it. But again, it has to do with cancer, which is all about the need to secure things. That's why Mercury communication, the, the constitution, needs to secure uh, our essence. And unfortunately, the black moon is in the house, the ninth house, which happens to be the house of teaching, learning, but also related to justice and to truth. So that's why I think there is also a lot of confusion about what is my truth as, as a country. 
Neptune is there, which is the planet of confusion, but also the black moon, which means that there is a tendency to see the same word and interpret it completely different. In many ways, it's similar to the Bible. So we have Jupiter, which is exalted in the chart of the United States. We have Saturn, which is exalted in the chart of the United States, which again, very, very positive. Now, the moon is in Aquarius. Why is the moon important in the chart of uh, the country? First of all, super important in a country that is a cancer. So a cancer is ruled by the moon. And the moon in Aquarius uh, is interesting because the moon in the mundane chart, mundane chart basically means charts that have to do with the country, is always representing the people. So for example, now I'm in Bulgaria, uh, and the moon of the chart of Bulgaria, the people, is in the 12th house. 12th house is the house of mysticism. Great. But it's also the house of jail. And no wonder that the country was jailed by the Ottoman Empire, jailed by the communists, and now they're jailed by themselves, by what we call corruption. So that is very much related. Remember we did the chart for Ukraine, and we saw that right in March of 2022, for the first time since it was born, Ukraine, the Saturn was sitting on top of the moon. The moon is the people. So no wonder Ukraine is suffering. The people of Ukraine are suffering. Next year, we talked about it, I think, uh, in March, Saturn is going to move on top of the moon of Russia. So that means that next year, the Russian people are going to suffer as much as the Ukrainian people are suffering right now. So the moon is always representing the people of the state or the people of the country. And moon in Aquarius means that what the people want is progress. What the people want is to be, in, to be futuristic. Because the moon in Aquarius, Aquarius is all about communities, people, groups. No wonder the UN is in New York. You know, that's very much the uh, envisioning of uh, after World War I, even though, even though it took until World War II to make it happen. And that's why the United States cannot be isolated, because the people themselves want to have a sense of community. And that's why it's not going to be, uh, the secession thing is not going to work for the United States because the moon is in Aquarius. If the moon would have been in Gemini, no problem. Let's split to the north and the, and the, and the south. Uh, the, uh, um, the shell of the country in the middle, or the Bible Belt, or the uh, um, coastal cities. You know, that would have been easier. But when the moon, which is the people in Aquarius, Aquarius is a fixed sign. And fixed sign means that there needs to be a finding a way to create this fraternity, this um, a sense of also equality. Aquarius is all about freedom. You can see now why so many people are into, we need my freedom. Uh, but of course, freedom can be interpreted many, many different ways. Again, that's the problem with you have the moon, the ruler of cancer in Aquarius. I want freedom, but Mercury also is in Cancer, which is the ruler, is the sign of the moon. And no wonder there's so much, so much misunderstanding about freedom. Is it my freedom to carry my uh, assault weapon uh, and not concealed and walk around Times Square? Or is my freedom not to wear masks? Or what is that freedom energy? And how do we interpret freedom? Um, so that's part of it. And it's interesting that the moon is on top of Minerva. That's actually a good sign that deep, deep inside somewhere, uh, there is a lot of wisdom. Again, Minerva is the goddess of wisdom uh, on top of the moon, which is, again, the people of the United States. Now, Saturn is going to be on top of the moon. That's not the best news. Remember, I talked about how Saturn is uh, stepping on top of the moon of Ukraine uh, this year because Ukraine has the moon in Aquarius, but in the beginning of Aquarius. I told you next year it's going to sit on top of the moon of Russia because Russia has the moon in Aquarius, but a little bit later on. United States has the moon in uh, 27 degrees Aquarius, and that means that around uh, right around the time of uh, uh, December, January, February, and March, that peak of that Saturn on top of the moon is going to take place. Now, this happens every 30 years. It's not as rare. Last time was 92, 93, uh, 63, 64, 65. You're talking about a lot of assassinations, if you remember that was going then, the trauma of the people with Kennedy's assassination. Uh, so there is something that's going to move there around uh, that beginning of 2023 that could be a little bit more intense than regular Saturn on top of the moon because it is happening in the context of the Pluto return that happens every 250 years that is happening at the same time that we're going to have a Neptune opposition 
And Neptune opposition means a lot of deception, illusions, addictions. So no wonder a lot of these uh, issues of the opiates is coming out, addictions to certain cults. I'm not going to mention names, but that's precisely what Neptune is. Neptune opposite to Neptune is very cultish because Neptune itself is faith, mysticism, religion. But Neptune opposite to Neptune brings the worst in Neptune. And that basically means cult or drugs or lack of boundaries. Or complete disillusionment. I think that QAnon and the popularity in the United States of QAnon very much has to do with that. It's so strong and prominent that the wife of one of the justices is a follower of QAnon. So that's how deep that is. We don't have to talk about deep state. We have to talk about deep madness much more. And Saturn in the house of leadership, which is the 10th house, is again not the easiest. It means that sometimes it's very tough with leaders. But the good news is that... As United States get older, hopefully uh, leadership will be a little bit flowing better. So now what's happening is that Saturn is moving away from the house of money, talent, self-worth and values. I don't know if it was so much about money. Maybe that's part of the issue with um, uh, the inflation slash recession, uh, you know, because a lot of people are living as if we're in inflation. A lot of people are living as if we're in recession. It's kind of supposed to be opposite to each other and when you live like that or think that that's what's going to happen because we're talking about economy and economy is very psychologically based and it's all self-fulfilling prophecies there are a lot of people who are basically summoning an inflation and a lot of people are summoning a long recession so that's saturn in the house of money it actually started in 2018 2019 and it's supposed to be ending with the help of the good lord and his lady about 2000 about the beginning of uh, next year. Uh, so Saturn is going to move away from the house of m- money and talents. But I don't know if it's about money so much. I think it's more about values. Because the way I see it with Pluto return, Pluto is returning in the house of money, talents, values. Uh, it is also creating that return in the house of what we uh, believe in. What is our what, what are we willing to fight for? So... The Pluto return in conjunction with that Saturn being in the, in the second house, the house of values, I think caused this last four, five, six years when uh, Pluto is there, the last three, four years when Saturn is there, to really have an argument among the people about what are, what are the values of the United States. Is it the values, um, uh, for example, uh, the soul enters the, I mean, uh, uh, two cells coming together on the day that the mother conceived that this is already a person. And if you uh, abort, you basically assassin or create a murder inside the womb. Or is there something else going on? So the whole values and what we believe in is very much in the limelight for a long time, as long as the Pluto is returning, definitely, but definitely as long as Pluto is in the second house which is going to take years and years maybe more a decade more as for jupiter which usually is the good news uh, jupiter is now in the house of home and family so there it's interesting that now like we said there's a lot of questions about how we define home and family and jupiter in the house of home and family could help things like real estate it could help um, especially for a cancer everything it has to do with home and family so that's actually pretty good and that's going to be continuing until uh, june july of next year the interesting thing also that's more uh, scary is what we talked about last week, I think, when we when we talked about how the election is actually going to fall, the midterm election. It usually are not that important. This year are going to be very, very crucial. A, because it falls under Mars retrograde and Mars retrograde in Gemini and the United States Mars is in Gemini. And we know that Mars in Gemini can cause fight among siblings, Gemini, Gemelos, it's the twins. So that also probably what happened in the civil war that was again around values. I know that a lot of people are thinking about cynically, about the taxes, about the cheap labor and blah, blah, blah. It's really about values. It's about the whole time, the whole 19th century was about uh, what country allows uh, slavery and which not. You know, it was very much the spotlight for a lot of politicians. People were split around that time. So even beyond the economical uh, sense of what slavery is all about, it was about the values of how can you, what way should you treat people and what is the value of people and or humans, sorry. So that is very much the Mars in Gemini. And Mars is going to be retrograde in Gemini right when the eclipse is happening 
and it's going to happen right on top of the lunar eclipse. Lunar eclipse is basically opposition. Opposition means I'm here, you're there, and we and we and the Earth is in the middle. So the Earth will be probably the future of the United States, and then there is a pull and a push that is happening because it's a, an eclipse, because it's a full moon eclipse, a lunar eclipse, and it's a total lunar eclipse, and it is happening during Mars retrograde. Just to remind you, Mars retrograde was also happening when the Brexit uh, decision was done in, in uh, uh, UK in 2016. It was. it was in Aquarius, which is about communities and people, and that was the break from the community, the EU. And now there could be a great deal of discord about what is happening in relation to the election. And because Mars is retrograde and Mars retrograde does not is not recommended to start any lawsuits and is going to continue until the middle of January, which is just before the new Senate and the new, new uh, midterm election should be inaugurated. That's a little bit uh, scary, to be honest. So again, let's hope that it will go fast and better or smoothly, which not too too much problems. But that Mars retrograde is going to be happening in the house of relationship and partnerships and contracts and justice. So yes, it's definitely a very sensitive uh, time. Uh, besides that, United States has Mercury on top of the Wheel of Fortune. That's usually very good for business, and no wonder that um, they made good business. I mean. One way or another, they managed to take that Pluto. Pluto means riches, which is in the house of uh, money, talents, and self-worth, and make something out of it. Uh, That's the Mercury that has to do also with communication, also to do with marketing. And uh, it's interesting also to see that in in United States chart, there is Vesta. Vesta is the keeper of the flame in the house of creativity. And I do think, and especially after spending here in the United States more than 20 years, that there is definitely a lot of creativity in the people. And that's why I always feel that whatever is happening in the United States and whatever is happening, whatever is the difficulties, they have that capacity to overcome. The we shall overcome is very much the true hymn of United States. It's maybe less less patriotic, but it is way more deep and way more uh, true to the people themselves. Now, the moon, which is again the people, is getting very strong energy from Mars, which is kind of interesting. Maybe that can explain the obsession with guns. Um, And it's sending also a pretty strong energy. Who is it to? Um, Let me see here. It goes to Mars and it goes to... Ah, yeah, it goes to uh, Mars mainly, uh, but Venus is sending very nice energy to Minerva in the chart. It also talks about a lot of creativity. Now, whatever you say, cynical or not, Venus in Cancer in the house of relationship in United States chart, Venus in Cancer is love. So I know that some people doubt it, but in the core of United States chart or the people in a sense, there is love. There is appreciation of love. And there is the capacity for love. There is the seed of love because of Venus being right on top of Jupiter, which is expansion of that energy. And Venus is all about uh, love and relationships and art and creativity. And indeed, uh, United States and the people that are attracted to United States do have quite a lot of it. Don't forget that United States is a mixture. And maybe that's the moon in Aquarius. Remember, Aquarius is people, communities, groups, and it's the coming together of people from different places. Again, especially because it is on top of Minerva, the goddess of um, uh, wisdom, the goddess of justice and just war. So if we look at um, transits, let's look at the United States as if it was a a country. uh, Sorry, it is a country. As if it is a, a person and see if there's anything happening significantly. Yeah, actually, July 4th, which is tomorrow, a United States birthday, there is the transiting north node conjuncting Vesta. Vesta is the keeper of the flame. Vesta can be traditional. Vesta is associated with these virgins that in Roman time used to keep the flame going. And it was a very traditional thing because that flame has been there for a long, long time. So the keeper of the the truth, the keeper of the flame, it's the virgins, it's, but it's very feminine energy. And that's happening right on July 4th. That's actually not too bad because there's some movement happening there because North Node always talks about communities and people in with connection to Vesta. And again, Vesta is the feminine energy. And you can see very close to the uh, 
birthday of United States on July 11th. We have another one of those Pluto, retro, uh, Pluto returns. And the last one is going to happen at the end of the year, December 28th, which is kind of interesting because it's when Mercury gets stationary before it's going to go retrograde. Yes, a spoiler alert, uh, 2023 is beginning with Mars retrograde and Mercury retrograde. So, uh, yeah, a lot to expect from 2023. But that Pluto return is going on this year. It's very, very intense. But like I told you, because it's a slow planet, it's been going on for a while, this Pluto return for the United States. Could have started happening actually 2015, 16, 17 there is actually a flow of good energy happening in August 21 for United States. Also something good in August 24. More challenges are can be seen around September when there is overdoing right on the first day that Mercury goes retrograde. Remember, we talked about Mercury retrograde in the chart of United States. So right when Mercury is going to retrograde this year, which is a very pivotal year, like we said, we're going to have that um, difficult energy between Jupiter and Jupiter. So it's two visions or two views of what justice is all about or what fairness is all about. So again, look into uh, issues of the Supreme Court or things that are coming out of the decisions of the Supreme Court around that time. From October 17, Jupiter is going to move into the house of home and family. So there are going to be some adjustments with real estate, home, family. Last Pluto return at the end of the year. And Saturn sitting on top of the moon right for your valentines so that happens every 30 years and again it feels like it's a lonely time for the united states feeling a little bit more cut off from people very self-critical which is not a bad thing to be a little bit self-critical right now uh, for united states but anyway that's happening every 30 years usually i wouldn't make too much of it but because it's happening during the pluto return and the neptune opposition it could be a little bit difficult and march 13 also we have that uh, opposition of um Saturn with Jupiter. Not as rare, but it talks about conflicts. Again, my biggest thing with the United States chart, if it would have been a person coming for a reading, I would say watch November. November, December could be very, very critical about the values, about um, how, how brothers and sisters are dealing with each other. That could be a little bit more the issue. Now I'm going to See if there are any questions um, that come out before we're going to look at the next week. Um, what is the rising sign? The rising sign of the United States is uh, Sagittarius. Therefore, it is ruled by Jupiter. And I told you, it's very important to understand that he was an astrologer and he was very much connected to that energy of um, like you know, astrology. Some even talk about him being very much associated also with Kabbalah. We know that he definitely was an astrologer. He actually published um, books, not necessarily about astrology, but the position of the, uh, the position of planets. And think about how interesting it is to choose Sagittarius rising, which is a very feisty and fiery energy. I mean, Bruce Lee was a Sagittarius. It's a, it's a sign of war. It's also a sign of teaching. So I think that Benjamin Franklin wanted United States path to be associated with um, knowledge, with truth, with teaching, with mass media, with mass communication, because it's a great tool for marketing your um, vision, for marketing your values. But the ruler of Sagittarius, which means the ruler of United States chart, is exalted. That's why I told you it is in Cancer, exalted, meaning that the ruler of the chart, the, the, the highway of United States, is in a very good position and always going to be there. Um, let's see what else we have, questions that I can see. Anything I can... Looking at if you have guys in uh, Instagram live Instagram any questions maybe it would be easier to see here it's a little bit slow that um, I hope there is no problem with sounds I can actually hear myself but that doesn't mean anything the rising sign just Sagittarius and um, Let's see. Now, we can't tell forever, for sure, 510. You know, there is another chart that actually is the opposite, 510 AM. 
Um, it's interesting because it also it's very tough with countries of what you define as the moment of creation. Some people mean, say, it's the signing of the uh, independence. Some people say when it was actually declared. Some people say no, when the constitution was signed. But if you ask the majority of astrologers, and that is definitely for sure the case, it will be 5.10 p.m. As uh, questions... Um, let's see. Any questions from the Instagram? I don't see any. So let's look at what is happening this week besides uh, the birth of United States. Let's see. This is the one. July 3rd, 2022. Yep. So if we look at the next week, right now we are sailing with the moon in Leo right at the edge of it. Any moment now it's going to go away and it's going to move into Virgo. The moon in Virgo is very critical, very perfectionist, very good for editing um, very detailed oriented and usually can be a little bit fussy. But when the sun is in cancer, it's actually very, very positive. So when the sun is in cancer and the moon is the moon, her ruler is in Virgo, it creates a sextile, which is really, really positive together. So tomorrow, Monday, uh, let's look at already tomorrow because uh, tomorrow, Monday, we have the moon in Virgo, of course, sending beautiful sextile. Sextile means little door opening. So if you're heavy with energy, uh, you can't pass through because the door opens, you have to go through. But if you're um, agile, you know what you need, you know what your, your, your focus is, you can go through the sextile and get into that, uh, that opportunity. And it's not that it's a bad energy. It just means that it's, uh, or sorry, it's not that it's short-lived energy. It just means that a little door opens and it doesn't wait for much for you to, it's like in the subway that sometimes you rush and you can't get in. But if you don't have too many bags and you're able to be uh, fast and agile, you can come into that. So tomorrow we definitely have a very nice sextile. The only problem that we also have a square and that is between the moon and Venus. And when the moon and Venus are squaring, we have quite a lot of conflict, especially between, let's say, your relationship and your uh, partner or maybe your family, sorry, your relationship and your family. Maybe your family is not accepting your partner or have an issue with your partner. Um, there could be some conflict between older women and younger women. So the two aspects of femininity are having a little bit more of a conflict. So that could be a little bit more uh, challenging in a sense. Um, Besides that, we have Mars at the edge, edge, edge of Aries, meaning that Mars is getting his, um, uh, his void of course, in a sense. There's no other uh, energy that he's creating. We usually, we don't pay attention too much to it, but it just means that Mars is ending a long period of time where he was in Aries, giving us a lot of energy, uh, also being very feisty, very fiery, very aggressive. And Mars is going to move, we'll talk about it in a second, this week into Taurus. And let's wait until it does do it before I talk about it too much. But the idea is that tomorrow, Monday, is a great day for work, for your health, um, diet. It's great, especially because cancer is very nurturing and the moon in Virgo can say, no, 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 that's not good enough for your body or that's not a good enough for your emotional body. So there's a lot of ability to edit things that you don't need out of your life. On Tuesday, the moon is still going to be in Virgo. And Mars, the biggest thing is that Mars is going to move for a few weeks into Taurus. And when Mars is in Taurus, he's not super happy, especially because for the last week, he's been squaring Pluto. Uh, by the way, that's part of what was going on also uh, with uh, the feeling that you might, maybe you felt a little bit more heavy, a little bit more down in the last few days. It is because the two rulers of Scorpio, Mars and, and Pluto, are kind of fighting. It's almost like the two rulers of you know that uh, the spartans had two kings and they were kind of fighting instead of leading together in many ways that what was going on in the last few days the uh, one now that mars has moved into taurus it's going to be much easier because their fellow earth sign taurus and capricorn where pluto is but it's moving into taurus when mars is in taurus he's not really happy because he's in exile he'd rather be in the opposite sign scorpio or the next sign the neighboring sign aries so after being full force, running fast in like a race car in the last few weeks, now he's going to move more into an SUV that is loaded with a lot of stuff. You, in many ways, it's more practical. So Mars can actually get things more done, but slower. 
So if you feel like the energy is slowing down, that partly could be because of Mars in Taurus. Um, Mars in Taurus is very grounded. So because it's not anymore having that jet and that fiery energy, it's going slowly. It's almost as if now the bull is carrying the, uh, the load, but we know that it's a strong animal. So you just have to be careful not to be a little bit too much like that, not to be too much in tunnel vision or in even worse kind of vision when you can only see one little dot. You might lose the big picture. Uh, Mars in Taurus... Uh, is very dedicated, it's very slow, like I said, but it also can be very connected to wars, Mars, about our values. Again, Taurus, a, a conflict that has to do with finance and money. And Mars can also be very stubborn in Taurus. So if you have relationship, hopefully it doesn't matter what kind of relationship, you do need to find some flexibility there because, again, Mars in Taurus can be saying, this is my way and that's it. You know, so be extra careful. You can see how Uranus is coming closer and closer to the North Node. That will be even stronger, like we said, the end of July. But we're already starting to feel it because if you look at Uranus, it's basically 17 degrees Taurus and the North Node is 19 degrees Taurus. They're very close to each other. So we don't have to wait for July 31st. It's already been, it's already happening. You can see, though, that on that day, on Tuesday, we have a beautiful trine. Trine is this triangle. I call it the mountain of God or the, the ability to climb up to the sacred space um, that, is caused, that is created between the moon emotions, women, feelings, home, family, uh, and Minerva, the goddess of wisdom, strategy, and Pluto, the lord of transformation. That is actually pretty good. And you can see that in general, there's a lot of um, positive trines happening on Tuesday. So whenever a planet moves a sign, there is a little bit of a shift of energy. But overall, once Mars adjusts in Taurus, he's like a train, he's going forward. So while things are slowing down, you can carry more stuff. That's how I like to look at Mars uh, in Taurus. Um, we have Saturn sending actually good energy to uh, Mercury. It's good for communication. Um, Minerva is starring that day. So there's definitely a lot of wisdom going on in Tuesday. I'm happy because I'm actually teaching a new class on Tuesday. So that's great. So anything that you can download that relates to information at that time, very, very positive. And the fact that the sun is moving away from the black moon is actually very, very good. Uh, besides that, we have, uh, if we look the day after, Mars again is very deep. Oh, wait, I forgot Mercury. Mercury was also in his own sign up until July 4th. And we mean Mercury in Gemini is much more easy with communication, especially when it was trining uh, Saturn, July 4th. But July 5th, it's moving funny enough to Cancer, which is the sign where, Mars, where Mercury was when the United States was born. Mercury in Cancer is asking us to shift away from I think to I feel, uh, from logic to more emotion. So it's more compatible with the Cancer energy, but we're going to have for the next few weeks, Mercury in Cancer, try to, again, use the word I feel instead of I think, because that's going to make it easier for people to understand what you're saying. And Mercury, again, still sending good energy to Saturn, even though it's a little bit less. And like I said, for Tuesday, the trine is really positive. The day after on Wednesday, Mercury is getting deeper into Pisces and into uh, Cancer. It's actually getting good energy from Vesta. It's a good ability to communicate things that you believe in, especially if they're things that have to do with tradition. Um, the Moon and Neptune are a little bit square on July 4 and 5. Again, that could be very intuitive in one sense, but also a lot of uh, um, uh, confusion. But uh, on July 6, we have... Uh, what else is interesting in that day? Yeah, we have that Pluto still going on with Minerva. Uh, the Moon separated from that. It's just a busy day, but there is a lot of uh, squares between the moon and Mercury. So again, not uh, always the easiest to put emotions and intellect together, even though Mercury intellect is in Cancer emotion. The moon, the ruler of Cancer, is having a little bit of a hard time with Mercury. That being said, the moon in Libra, which guides us in July 6 and July 7, is very, very positive uh, in connection to everything that has to do with peace. So if you're looking for a day that could be good for uh, peace, for meditation, for making spiritual decisions, that's very much July 6. 
Uh, but even though there is a little bit of a square, July 6th and 7th, between the moon and especially July 7th, with the moon and the sun. So July 7th, the moon and the sun are squaring. It could be a little bit more frustrated. It could be a little bit more uh, challenging in that sense. So just take a little bit more time off if you can, or just take things a little bit more slow. If we look at the moon's position in July 8th, that's going to be a Friday the moon is going to be in Scorpio, much more conducive for the sun in Cancer, even though the moon doesn't like to be in Scorpio, but she has to be there every month for like two and a half days. It is the moon of transformation. It is the moon of healing and therapy. That's good about it. The only thing is the moon is opposite to Mars. So the moon opposite to Mars can be a little bit more difficult in that sense. Uh, that means a little bit more uh, wars, around feelings or conflict that come up with how you feel. That's why I said that Mercury in Cancer can actually help us express our feelings. The only thing is you can see Mercury is getting closer and closer to the black moon, which again makes us say things we didn't mean to, like a slip of a tongue, but worse. So just pay attention at that time. The moon opposite Mars can cause a little bit of conflict within the family or family members. And July 9, which is a Saturday, uh, we have Mercury literally conjunct the black moon. That's going to be Saturday, Sunday. So pay extra careful what you're saying. Uh, be very, very careful in that sense. And the moon is going to be touching the south node, letting go of some familial uh, karma or fam or ancestral karma can happen that time. And also the moon is opposite to Uranus. It makes it a little bit more uh, up and down, a little bit more of a roller coaster. But overall, uh, it's not so bad. And the moon is going to be in Scorpio also on Sunday. And after that, we'll definitely talk about what's happening next Sunday. Next Sunday, where will I be in next Sunday? Turkey. So next Sunday, I will be by the Aegean Sea. Um, what advice do you have for people in the United States to work against evangelical um, agenda that is trying to create a theo? Yeah, I, I don't know if I want to use that kind of intense words, but definitely it is a big problem. So what Holly is talking about is a situation where, like what I said, maybe it's even worse that the United States is becoming more like a Taliban. You know, uh, there is some kind of a feeling that maybe when the United States went to Afghanistan and spent there a long time, maybe it was stung by some kind of a Taliban uh, virus and it took a long time for that um, to uh, emerge. And now the Supreme Court is enacting on that um, curse that we picked up, let's say, in Afghanistan or Pakistan or wherever. I think it is very, very dangerous, definitely, because the moon in Aquarius is the moon in Aquarius. It's not the moon in Pisces. If the founding fathers wanted us to have the moon in Pisces, they would have waited a few more hours. That's it. And they would have gotten the moon in Pisces, which is all about religion and faith and all that. Great. But the moon is in Aquarius. It's about technology. It's about innovation. It's about um, uh, stepping into the future, not only stepping into the future, inspiring other people to be in the future. So... If the essence of the United States needs to remain in a positive way, and a growth way, it needs to constantly think about the future. Not to say, uh, make America great again, because that suggests right in that mantra, you know, that mantra that people wear on their shirts and wear everywhere, it, it's telling us that the United States is in a terrible situation and it used to be much better and we should go back there. That is not how growth works. Growth maybe works in, in waves, but there is a wave that goes up. So the whole idea is not to go back in time, but to go forward. Now, the thing about religion is that if you actually look at the younger people, younger people are getting less and less and less religious. The only problem is that because of that, the religious people are getting very, very defensive and they come together way stronger. And you have 30% that maybe is more religious and more fanatical and they are basically taking over. That's the dark side of democracy when there is a rule of minority. So you have justices that were chosen by uh, presidents that did not win the vote, the, the, the popular vote. You have... Uh, people, uh, the whole way that the structure of the United States and how they uh, or how they elect people was based on what was going on 250 years ago, not when people lived in more people lived in cities. And it was supposed to protect people who are in this, uh, let's say, in rural areas, but not to have them control uh, the rest of the country. So 
you know, the thing about people, they always say, oh, they're liberal because they live in cities. Yes, they're liberal because they live in cities, because in the cities they actually meet the gays and the lesbians and transgenders and people different colors of skins and people who believe in different things and cook different foods. And they actually interact with them and see, oh, my God, these people are actually human. Uh, yeah, they want to change their gender or they want to have sex with other people. But who cares? It's privacy. It's in the home. It's cancer. Cancer energy should be sacred what's happening in the home. Nobody should pay attention into that. Um, what happened in the bedroom. Now they're talking about even reevaluating the privacy rules to the Supreme Court. You know, that's completely un-American. So what can you do about that besides gathering together the people who are not fanatical in their religion and stepping up and electing different kind of people and helping them, encourage them to have more balls or more I'll be blunt, vagina, because there's nothing that is so important about balls compared to vagina. So gather their vaginas and gather their balls and start electing the people that can liberate us from the clutches of the age of Pisces, of people who are religious. I think religious is amazing. When I want to sometimes get peace, I go here to the church. There's a beautiful Orthodox church. I don't care that the head of the, or some of the heads of the church here in Bulgaria are complete. I'm not going to give them names, or that uh, the head of the Orthodox Church in in, um, in Russia is a basically evil person. I would still go to that place of worship because it is a place of peace. So I'm happy to have these embassies of God, whatever you want to call them, scattered around the world. I do the same in mosques. I do sometimes that in in temples or in gardens. You know, we need that connection to the divine, but the connection to the divine should not be a against or instead of the connection to humans because you know that it's in the bible it's called avat makom makom is is place makom is 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 place and and the laws of makom or the laws of the place what they say are even higher than the laws that you have to have with god and what it means basically what they're trying to say is that the laws between people and how you interact with people is more important than how you interact with god God can take care of himself. God is a big boy, a big girl, whatever you want to call it, the genderless, the transgender, you know, because, you know, I talked about it here. What kind of God will decide to live forever and ever in a Garden of Eden with another man if he's a man? Come on, you know, even for a God. So I don't know what God's gender is, if he has a gender, if if it is a he, a she, or it, or whatever. But if you really want to worship God, you have to be kind to people. You have to be accepting of people. Because people who say, I do this because I'm protecting God or in the name of God or we have, God can take care of himself. If he's almighty, he can take care of himself. What we have to take care of us is each other. So hopefully is, um, uh, it's going to be related. Um, besides that, any other questions uh, going backward. Yeah, it is very scary that uh, it is going backward. And if we're not going to stop uh, that, it will definitely be uh, very, very um, sad for all of us and for the rest of the world. Because a lot of people are looking at America to see what happened and what is possible. Oh, it's possible to steal an election. Great. Let's do it ourselves. Oh, that's a technique that they managed to uh, overcome some democratic uh, rule. Great. Let's do it ourselves. You know, so America inspires, like we saw in the chart, mass media. And if you have the most popular mass media as, for, uh, mass media as Fox News and Fox and Friends and all those uh, idiots, then it will spread all over the world. You know, I was just reading an article about how Israel is becoming more and more and more traditional and religious. Of course, they mimic, they copycast, you know. Um, no, a makom is not completely God. What the difference is that God is God. Hamakom basically talks about the here and now, here. Hamakom means the place. That's why the spirit of God, the feminine side of God is, called, is God, is called presence. Presence is, again, coming from that same energy. Shechina. Shechina means that which dwells, that which is here with us. And according to Kabbalah, when God went into exile, or we went into exile after the breaking of the vessels, the Shechina, the feminine God, the feminine aspect of God, stayed with us, stayed here in this place. Hamakom. So, Always look at it uh, in that sense. So, uh, sorry, it's uh, 9 o'clock. I have to get something to eat because otherwise uh, I'm going to start talking about things that I might regret. And I think that somebody suggested that I say val valva, vulva. Well, I don't even know how to pronounce it, so let alone how to say it. Um, nothing stronger than the valva. I hope I'm saying valva right. 
vulva. If I would have been in Mexico, I would say vulva, vulva. I don't know. Anyway, vulva, penis, uh, whatever, uh, balls, whatever you need to make it happen. You know, we should use democracy to reclaim uh, democracy. Thanks a lot for bearing with me from the city of um, wisdom, Sofia. And I wish I could record the smell of these roses because everybody would have been as intoxicated as me. And I'm sorry because I haven't eaten for a long, long time. And um, I've been doing charts all day. So if I offended anybody, I'm super sorry. Somebody told me again, and I'm sorry that they got offended by my last uh, way of saying goodbye. I said, I think something like in the name of the good lady and her Lord. Now, to explain myself so there's no misunderstanding, a lot of time I catch myself saying in the name of the good lady, because I love the word in the name of the good Lord. It sounds so musical to me, the name of the good Lord. But then I thought, what about the lady? Because every god has a goddess. I don't know what the feminine, side, the feminine name of Lord is. Lordess? I don't think so. I think lady is the feminine of Lord, right? The lady is fine. So... Yeah, in the name of the good Lord and her lady, his lady. I'm not saying that he controls her, heaven forbid. You should know me by now uh, that I have gotten into a lot of trouble by that. So I would say in the name of the good lady and her Lord or in the name of the good Lord and his lady, just to make sure that both of them are blessed and that both of them are happy. Uh, The lady and her Lord, the Lord and her lady and his lady. Uh, or maybe the Lord is becoming a lady and the lady decided to become a Lord. That totally is possible. We're totally open into transgender gods. That's totally fine. But I'm sending you a lot of love and um, happiness from Sofia, a great place you should all check out. And next week, with the help of the good lady and her Lord, the Lord and his lady, I will be in Turkey uh, by the Aegean Sea. So I'll talk to you from there. Thanks a lot.